Hello, and welcome to I Watch This As An Adult, the podcast where I review movies from my childhood from an adult perspective. And this week I'll be reviewing 2000's X-Men. Alright guys, welcome back to the show. Episode 66 of I Watch This As An Adult the movie podcast uh i don't know what to say uh i'm just i'm back you know <laughs> i had to take a I had to take a sabbatical uh for a week uh had a really busy week i had like some personal things to deal with you know and now i'm back now i'm back to the show you know didn't have time didn't have a lot of time to like watch movies or anything like that to review because so, i've just been just been hustling and bustling, you know, just just all week, you know. I kind of it was it was kind of a busy week this week, this last this past week for me too. But I found I found a, a free day for me to watch this X Men movie and watch uh, a couple of other things that I'm going to uh, review. Uh, you know how I like to do. I like to uh, talk about other things that are currently in pop culture like movies that are currently around or TV shows that are currently around in pop culture. And then I go into my retro review of the movie, of the main event movie, you might call it, that I want to talk about. Um, so let's just hop into it. I saw two things this week. Uh, the one thing I really want to talk about the most is, uh, I want to talk about this in the Heights first. Let's talk about this movie, man. Uh, I already watched it three times. <laughs> I'm gonna be off top, off top. I already watched it three times. I watched it on uh, HBO Max. I watched uh, the I watched it the first time with my with my wife uh, and my daughter when she wanted to sit down and watch it. You know, <laughs> like you know how kids are. You know, kids have like really have like really short attention spans and they're just like oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, then the second time I watched it, the second time I watched it. Is really when I grasped, I just grasped everything, you know. Uh, and then I watched it. I said, like, then I watched it the third time with my wife, uh, and still grasped, still grasped a lot. I even let her on the things that she didn't notice the first time, you know, that I noticed the second time around. So, but I really like this fucking movie, man. Uh, In the Heights, if you don't know, this, this is a uh, Based on a play from uh, Lin Manuel Miranda, uh, you know him from uh, Hamilton. He made Hamilton. Uh, I don't know what it is about this dude, man. This dude catches me every time. I avoid it because I think I already talked about Hamilton on this podcast. I was talking about the fact that I avoided Hamilton for years. You know, I invo- I avoided the shit out of Hamilton because. I remember a lot of people talking, I think it was like 2016, where like everybody was talking about Hamilton. It was just Hamilton, 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 Hamilton. It was like either 2000, between like 2015 and 2016, it was just Hamilton, 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 Hamilton. Everybody talking about Hamilton. Everybody talking about Lin-Manuel Miranda. Everybody just like talking about how much of a fucking genius genius he is. Uh, Everybody talking about, uh, like, he did the music for Moana. I was like, I like Moana. <laughs> you know, so, like, I like that movie. I think it's, I think it's good. My, my, I watch it with my, I watch it with my kid a lot. Uh, but, uh, 
yeah, man, I, I avoided Hamilton for the longest. And when they finally put it up on Disney Plus is when I finally watched it and I couldn't get enough of it, you know? <laughs> couldn't get enough of it. Me and my wife were talking, actually talking about uh, watching it again. Because, uh, like, we haven't seen it. I want to say we haven't watched it in about seven months or six months. You know, I think that was like the last time that we watched it. I want to say the last time we probably watched it was around maybe Thanksgiving. I think that was the last time we watched it was around Thanksgiving. And, and like, dude, like, I I was addicted to the soundtrack. I'm listening. I was listening to the soundtrack in my car, you know, <laughs> just listening to all those songs in the car. Like, I was addicted to the soundtrack. I think this is going to be another one of those type of. Uh, movies for me too because this movie here I'm like the music is infectious I was like I need to find a soundtrack to this and uh and, and listen to that in my car you know and like it's I'm like it's the only because I'm not really I'm I'm not really a big musical person you know like cats and Les Miserables and uh guys and dolls and all those type of uh musicals i think sound of music had a musical did sound of music have a musical too i think so but like all those musicals uh i think i might get into wicked i haven't i haven't seen wicked i don't know anything about wicked but i hear wicked's good i might get into wicked i don't know but um rent i wasn't into rent i saw the movie rent back in the day i saw the the movie rent and i did not care for it I didn't care for it at all. It's not my favorite movie. I'm like, no, that came out like when did Rent come out? Like 2005. I think that might be that might be like stepping over the boundary uh, of I watched this as an adult because I'm just watching all the movies that I watched before I turned. I guess that because I turned because I turned 20 in December, so <laughs> it's December is my birthday. So I might inc- I might include movies from 2005. Uh, cause I'm watching all the movies, I'm watching all the movies, uh, that I've watched before I turned 20. That's the whole, uh, gimmick of this show, that I watch all the movies that I watched before I turned 20 years old. You know, that was, that, that's the whole gimmick of the, so I, I might put Rent up there, you know, I might put Rent up there. I think I had, like, Coach Carter on my mind, too, to do, but I realized that that came out in 2005 as well, so... 2005 might be uh, in the wheelhouse as well. So I might, I might do a review of Rent one day, one day. But like, I didn't like Rent. It's not my favorite movie. Um, this is probably just a mini review right now. I don't know. But um, yeah, man, like I said, not I'm not a musical dude. I've never been a musical guy. And I don't know what it is. Like Lin-Manuel, Lin-Manuel Miranda just caught me off guard with these two, uh, with uh, Hamilton and In the Heights. Is In the Heights is In the Heights is just as good as Hamilton. Uh, I, I know there's a lot of people that uh, they're like musical purists, and they're just like, it's not like the musical. Blah 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 blah. I mean, because I I think I heard that. I, I watched the I watched some clips of the musical because Lin Manuel Miranda plays the uh, lead character in the uh, musical. He plays uh, uh what's his name? Uznavi. 
is the lead character. The lead character, the lead character's name is Uznavi, and in the movie he's played by Anthony Ramos, who's uh, who was actually in Hamilton. He played uh, Hamilton's son. He played a couple of characters in Hamilton because I think he played Hamilton's son, and he played uh, uh, the one that gets, he's the son that gets shot, and he played um, God damn it, what's what's the what's the guy Hamilton's friend? I forgot his name. <laughs> <laughs> but he's the Puerto Rican dude, or the, 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 I think he's Dominican, the Dominican dude, I'm sorry, <laughs> he's the Dominican dude in, uh, Hamilton, and, like, he takes over playing, uh, which is weird, because I don't know if the character in, I think the character in, in the, in the musical is Dominican, and I think Lin-Manuel Miranda is Puerto Rican, I believe. I don't think he's Dominican. I think he's Puerto Rican. But anyway, like the, the character who's Navi is supposed to be Dominican. He's from the Dominican Republic. And like the whole the whole story revolves around him trying to get back there, pretty much. He he wants to leave uh, Washington Heights. Uh he wants to leave Washington Heights. He wants to go back to Dominican Republic to rebuild his uh dad's bar. His dad had a bar and it got wrecked. And his I think believe his dad passed away. And, like, he just wants to rebuild the bar and, like, continue his legacy in the Dominican Republic. And so, that's, like, that's, like, the whole premise of the, of the whole movie. And, um, but, anyway, uh, yeah, in the, in the play, he's played, in the play, he's played by Lin-Manuel Miranda. But in the movie, he's played by Anthony Ramos. And, I'm... I'm stumbling around right quick because I lost my train of thought. I'm trying to get it back. I'm sorry. I'm just just rambling right now. But <laughs> bear with me. If you listen to this podcast a lot, you know, you know, I lose my train of thought really quickly. But uh, you know, <laughs> but uh, let's talk about let's talk about this musical, man. Like the the music the music in this uh in this movie is is just fantastic. It's fantastic. Like I said, I want the soundtrack. Uh, if it, I need to find a soundtrack. If it's on like Spotify, if it's on Deezer, or wherever I can find it, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up and I'm gonna go find this. I, Cause like I love most, I love most of the music in here. I, it's not like a, it's not there was because there's some songs in Hamilton that I didn't like either. Uh, like I, I didn't really care for the the uh, the King George music. Every time King was his name King George. Every time King George came out. I wasn't really feeling that. My wife loves that. <laughs> she loves the King the King George songs for some reason. I don't know why, but like those are her favorite songs. But um, I didn't care for those. But like, there's some songs. There's some songs on Hamilton where I'm just like, you're not my favorite. Uh, there's some songs in in the Heights too. It's like, you're not my favorite. Uh, like the um, God damn it, what's the song? Cause uh. Because this, this movie focuses on a lot of characters, really. Because, like, you focus on Uznavi, he's the lead character. You focus on you focus on another character named Benny, who was played by Corey Hawkins, who you may know as Dr. Dre from Straight Out of Compton. You know, and I think he was, like, he was he was the dude with the dreads on uh, Walking Dead. <laughs> uh, that's the two things that I really know him from. He's been in a couple of other movies, too. I think he's in Black Klansman as well. But, like, he plays a character named Benny, and my God, dude, I was, he was the, he was the standout for me, Corey Hawkins was the standout for me, because, like, I did not do, I did not know Duke could blow like that, 
You know, like I did not know dude could sing like that. I think he has probably one of the best voices in this whole uh in this whole musical. Dude, like, dude has a lot of power in his voice. And I was like, yo, I did not know that Dr. Dre could sing like this. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna call him Dr. Dre. <laughs> I ain't know Dr. Drake could sing like that. You know what I mean? I was like, I was shocked by his voice. His voice is really powerful. Uh, but like, yeah, he's one of the characters in like, he has this whole thing where like he works at a dispatch owned by like his, uh, I want to say she's his ex-girlfriend and then they rekindle their relationship. Uh, her name is, what was her name? God dang it, Nina. Nina. She's played by uh, Leslie Grace who... I believe this is her feature film debut. This is her feature film debut. Uh, and then we have uh, her father, Kevin, who's played by Jimmy Smith. He owns the dispatch company that uh, Benny works at. And he's he's trying to get Nina to stay in college because, like, she leaves college. She's going to Stanford because, like, and she leaves. She drops out because she's being racially profiled and all this stuff. And she can't really take it. It's getting to her. Uh, so, like, she doesn't want to go back. Uh, and then we follow the other, the other really main character we follow is, uh, a character named Vanessa. She's played by an actress named Melissa Barrera. Uh, and she's my least favorite. I want to say she's my least favorite character in this whole goddamn movie. She's just so fucking whiny and complaining. And she just thinks that the world owes her everything. She's like, oh my God, I didn't get the apartment blah 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 and then you look at the application i was like you didn't get the apartment because you didn't fill the fucking application out the right way <laughs> you know <laughs> that's what happened uh and then like she wants to be she wants to be a a, a a a designer she works at a hair salon owned by a lady named daniela who's played by uh i think her name is daphne ruben vega uh she also has a, a lover i forget the lover's name but she's played by stephanie beatrice from uh uh Brooklyn Nine-Nine which is like I was like shocked to see her in this movie because like this movie I was talking about this with my I was talking about this with my wife because I was talking about how people call her bootleg Aubrey Plaza Stephanie Beatrice because her character on uh Brooklyn Nine-Nine is kind of similar to April Ludgate from Parks and Rec you know I don't watch a lot of Brooklyn Nine-Nine I like I watched like the first season I think I tried to get into the second season and I wasn't really feeling it. I don't know why, but uh, I just like watch. I watched like one season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. But um, yeah, but like this is this was like way, this is like a, a, a big turnaround on that actress. Cause like, I'm glad she kind of broke away from that. Cause like, I think even in interviews, they were saying like, oh man, she's kind of, she's, she's second rate Aubrey Plaza, you know? <laughs> so it's good it's good that you because like she really had a lot of personality in this movie she had a lot of energy in this movie which is very different from the character she plays on brooklyn 99 you know her that character's weird that character is uh kind of like low-key you know like it really down she really downplays that character and this is very different we also got dasha polanco in this movie also she's like the other hair salon chick uh, goddamn! I'm not even going. To, I'm not even going to go into Dasha Polanco. You know, <laughs> like, I got a, I had a big crush on Dasha Polanco. I'm just, that's all I'm going to say. You know, <laughs> I'm just going to say that Dasha Polanco. Oh my god! But uh, anyway, 
But yeah, man. Uh, last but not least, we have uh, we have uh, God damn it, a boy, a boiler. Uh, she's uh, played by Olga. I forget her last name. I think it's like Mendez. Olga Mendez. I might be wrong. I looked it up. I couldn't. I don't think I. Re- I think it was. I think her name was Olga Mendez, and she's one of the best actresses in this whole movie. She's uh, she's also the only cast member from the play that's in the movie. She's the only one, and she's probably Abuela is probably one of the best characters, other than Usnavi and other than Benny. Uh, and I'm gonna say kind of low key. Uh, uh, uh Nina. She's one of the best characters in this whole movie. I like the salon. The salon chicks are in here too, but like they're kind of like com- they're kind of like comic relief. You know, every time they come in, they're doing something funny or something, just bumbling or some shit like that. You know, like they're like they're like, bum- they're like bumbling goofs. You know, in this movie, the, the salon ladies, uh, except for Vanessa, because Vanessa has a storyline. So, uh, <laughs> so like really, really, like I said, the salon chicks are in here for comedy relief. Um, but like, um, Abuela is probably the most fascinating character in this whole movie because at the beginning of the movie, she's a mystery, but as you, uh, as you go along into the movie, you start learning things about, uh, you start learning things about Abuela, you know, you start learning about her life. She starts like singing about her life. Beautiful voice, by the way. Uh, she's like, she has probably the second best voice in here. Other than uh, other than the guy that played Benny, uh, Corey Hawkins, so like she has the second best voice. Uh, Nina has a great voice too. The chick that plays Nina, um, who's Navi, you know Anthony Ramos. If you've seen Hamilton, you know what he sounds like. You know, <laughs> you know what he sounds like. He has a great voice too. But um, oh, um, uh, Abuela is probably. I'm like she's like she has a great fucking voice. She has a beautiful voice. <laughs> Like, I could listen to I could listen to that woman sing all day, you know, honestly. You know. And like they, they really did a good job of making her look like an 80-year-old lady because I looked her up on Wikipedia and she's only 65. And she looks great <laughs> for her age. She looks really good for her age. But yeah, man. Like I said, I love all the numbers. Uh my favorite, I want to say my favorite uh musical number here is uh is a song called, I think it's called 96,000. Cause there's about the lottery <laughs> and like they go to the beach, like they're not go to the beach. They go to like the pool area and like everybody's at the pool and like they have this big musical number at the pool and everything. And like, I I that's probably my favorite number in the whole movie. Uh, my least favorite number I'll probably have to say is the one that, uh, the, the downtown, the one that Vanessa did. It's probably my least favorite. I want to say, but everything else is just, fucking great and a second second is a boiler song a boiler song is fantastic as well i love a boiler song but um overall i thought it was a great fucking movie man i I loved it uh if i had to give it one of my ratings i'd give it a five out of five man it's it's a great fucking movie check it out while it's still on hbo max go to the theater if you want to and check it out um yeah man that's that's my review of in the heights uh another thing i watched is Loki, uh, I wasn't, re- Loki, I wasn't really, uh, I wasn't really excited for Loki, out of all the Marvel shows, this is the show I was least excited for, I don't know what they're gonna do after this, because 
they I think they just wrapped Miss Marvel. I think Miss Marvel might come next. I'm excited about that one. Uh, the shooting She-Hulk right now, because uh, I think they did shots and uh, they even like had a picture of Mark Ruffalo in, in like the fucking Hulk shit. You know, like when like he's in like the green screen suit and, uh, and he's got the dots over his face and shit. They're getting ready for him to be the Incredible Hulk. So like they they, they showed a, a picture of him doing that. Uh, but yeah, man, Loki right now. Uh, we gotta see where the show goes because right now it's I you know <laughs> to me is the first episode was all the first episode was okay, you know. I'm like, like, I'm not really, cause like Loki's, Loki's not my favorite fucking Marvel character. He really, he's never been my favorite fucking Marvel character, ever. You know, he's never been. Even in the Thor movies, even in the first Avengers, I got a little chuckle out of him in the Avengers and the Thor movies, but he's not my favorite character, you know. And like they're just doing like this, they're just pretty much doing like this kind of like redemption story with him. It looks like. I'm gonna watch, excuse me, I'm gonna watch the rest of the show, I might, re- I might review it week to week, also, but, like, honestly, he's not my favorite, Owen Wilson's good on here, he's okay, uh, yeah, you got Goo Goo Mbata Raw on here, I don't know how much screen time she's gonna have in here, you, uh, you also have, a. uh, I'm trying to rem- remember her name, like, I think she's, I think she's a beautiful woman, uh, what's her, she's from Lovecraft Country, Oh God, uh, Woonmei Musaka. I think that's her name. Woonmei Musaka. I'm trying to see if I pronounced that right, but yeah, she's she's pretty good in here. She's good on here as well. Um, the underrated, I think the underrated character in here is a there's a character named Casey. I don't know that actor's name, but he's funny. I like him. He's hilarious. But other than that, this the first episode was pretty much a recap of Loki's life. You know, it was like, yeah, this is you uh, fucking with the Avengers. This is you uh, getting your mama killed in uh, Thor Dark World. <laughs> you know, like, oh, yeah, and this is you getting killed by Thanos in uh, Infinity War. <laughs> you know, pretty much. So, like, it's... So, like, it's, that, that first episode was pretty much a, the, Loki's greatest hits or whatever the fuck you might going to call it. Uh, but, yeah, like I said, not I'm not even going to... Uh, waste too much time talking about this 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 show because like i said the first the first episode didn't really wow me you know didn't really wow me i thought it was okay we'll see what happens as it goes along i will be back with the review for x-men and what a review is gonna be right after these messages Alright guys, welcome back to the show. X-Men from 2000. I know you guys don't like... A lot of guys... I don't know if anybody likes the behind the scenes stuff. I'm just gonna say it right, right here. I'm not sure if you want to know how the show is made or whatever. But I made a... I did a, a feat in this podcast that I've never done before. I'm gonna give you a little behind the scenes. I write, I write notes for this podcast okay i do my research uh i write notes i write things that i learn about the movie i write things that i think about the movie thoughts i write it down you know and 
this 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 is gonna be this is a feat for me in in this podcast history as long as this podcast has been around uh for the first time in 66 episodes this is episode 66 i have three pages of notes usually i get to two pages at least but for the first time ever i have three pages of notes i've never had this many pages of notes for an episode ever in the whole history of this podcast there's a lot to learn about this goddamn movie (laughs) there's a lot to learn so but let's get into talking about this movie you know like to start it off let's talk about how i saw the movie i saw this movie in the theater a uh, funny story about funny story about that. Um, uh, my parents took me to see X Men. I was fourteen, I think I was fourteen, and like my dad, my parents were. I'm not even gonna go into that, you know, like that's that's personal shit. But anyway, my parents took me to go see X Men, and my mom. What happened was my mom took real really long she took long in the bathroom doing i think she was like doing her makeup or something like that and we got to the movie and it was it was it was packed like there was no there was no more seats the only seats that we had (laughs) were way in the front so we had to sit way in the front that's the that was the first time i saw the x-men movie and we sat like smack dab in the front and we had to look up at the we had to look up at the screen uh yeah thanks mom uh you know (laughs) but yeah i finally saw the movie properly when we got it on uh was it dvd or vhs i think around this time we got a dvd player 2000 I think around this is around the time we got a DVD player, so I saw it personally. I saw it perfectly on a DVD, and I was a, just like any other kid, mostly growing up in the in the eighties and the nineties. I was a huge X Men fan growing up, huge X Men fan. I read the comics and I watched the cartoon religiously. There was a, there used to be a kid that uh, there used to be a kid that I grew up with. Uh, he used to sell X-Men comics for like 25 cents or something. And a lot of the X-Men comics that I got were from this kid. And like I would just read, constantly read X-Men. Just constantly read them. I, if, if there's issues that I didn't have, I'd go to, there was like a local comic book shop that I would go to. And it was like I'd buy like the comic books. My mom would take me, my mom would take me to the comic book shop. And I would like buy, I would like buy issues of X Men. I would buy like, uh, you remember if anybody remembers comic book cards, I had like a whole binder of comic book cards. You know, and like I collected, I collected X Men cards. I collected Marvel, like a lot of Marvel cards. I think I had, had Spider Man, had Ghost Rider, had the Punisher, Captain America, Iron Man. You know everything. I had Daredevil. You know, I had, I had all of. It. I think I had a She Hulk. I want to say I had a She-Hulk comic book card. You know, I collected collected all that shit, you know. So, like, huge. I was a huge Marvel fan growing up, you know. And, like, the X-Men, 
the X-Men were probably the biggest thing that Marvel's ever done, other than Spider-Man. I want to say, other than Spider-Man, the X-Men were really popular in the 90s. They were more popular than the Avengers in the 90s. There, there was a point where the, the Avengers book wasn't selling in like the mid 90s because around like 1990 I want to say around like 1996 or 1997 they uh they had a saga going on in the Marvel Marvel universe called the uh, Onslaught saga it's where like it was like involving like Frank it was like involving Franklin Richards which is like uh Reed Richards and uh Sue Storm's uh son they're from the Fantastic Four the Invisible Woman and Mr. Fantastic is involved in their son and uh it was magneto and professor x they were involved i think and like all of them merged into being onslaught so it was like the x-men the x-men the avengers spider-man and the fantastic four they teamed up to stop onslaught and what happened was the avengers died <laughs> You know, and they killed the Avengers all to do a new to do a new comic book with them. It was called it was called Heroes Reborn, I believe that that was it. Cause like they redid, cause like they redid the Avengers. I think they redid the the uh, the Hulk, and they redid Iron Man. I think they redid the Fantastic Four too, cause the Fantastic Four book wasn't selling. I was still reading it, but I think that book wasn't selling either. Cause so they did. Heroes Reborn, because I think they killed the Fantastic Four off in there too. And so they did Heroes Reborn, where it's like they killed off all the books that weren't selling. <laughs> Pretty much is what they did in the Onslaught Saga, so they could bring them back. And it didn't really do much for sales. I don't think the Avengers really picked up uh, up until like maybe the 2000s. I think maybe the I think the 2000s is when like the Avengers really picked up again. Um, especially with these movies, these movies really boost, probably mostly boosted the Avenger comic book sales. Cause I was never really, I was never really a big Avengers guy. Honestly, I was more into the X-Men and Fantastic Four. Those are my two favorite superhero groups. But so like, like, like the, the X-Men were leaps and bounds more popular than the Avengers in the, in the, in the nineties. So when this movie came out, I was super excited for it just super excited i wanted to I, I wanted to see this movie i remember i would buy like i remember i would buy like wizard magazine if you remember wizard magazine and like they had like the screenshots of what they're doing with the movie and then like i think they had like like the posters like the the character profiles what the actors look like as the characters and you're like oh shit yo cyclops look fire oh shit look a wolverine you know like you know like you, you know like you just looking at the characters and um so like yeah man, super excited about this movie. So let's get into the, let's get into like the technical parts of this movie. And there's a lot of technical parts of this movie, just to let you know. Uh, so strap in, it's gonna be a long ride. Uh, the movie was directed by Brian Singer. I'm getting to him more. Uh, if you know he his most uh, his most popular movie, I want to say is Usual Suspects. Seen that movie before? Uh, it's 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 a pretty good movie. Uh, the screenplay was written by David Hayter. Uh, David Hayter uh, is actually the voice of Solid Snake in the Metal Gear Solid. 
uh, franchise. So that's what that's his claim to fame. And then he wrote a movie, <laughs> you know, then he wrote X Men. So uh, this movie uh, got a Rotten Tomato score of eighty two percent, which is not bad. That's probably that's probably about where I would where I would put it to. You know, like I probably I probably no 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 I probably give it less. I probably give it like a seventy nine. I would if I was on Rotten Tomatoes, I would probably give it a seventy nine. You know, that's where I, that's where I would put it. Uh, the movie had a budget of seventy five million. It brought in a whopping twenty two hundred ninety six point three million dollars at the box office, which is fucking amazing for a superhero movie at the time at the time i mean you got like movies like uh endgame and uh black panther and uh infinity war making like a billion over a billion dollars now you know like that's just that's just par for the course now you know but um let's talk about let's talk about the history of this movie this movie was actually in development has actually been in development since 1984 at first with Orion Orion Pictures and James Cameron and Catherine Bigelow were actually in discussions before uh, to direct it before the film rights were bought by 20th Century Fox in 1994. Brian Singer was actually brought in to direct in 1996. So he's been with this project since 1996 so that's a good uh five years or four years before the movie came out uh there was actually a screenplay there were many screenplays uh one screenplay involved beast and nightcrawler but they were deleted due to like budget concerns you know because you gotta you probably gotta do cgi shit with them and uh and like a whole bunch of like makeup and and stuff like that and we already got like what three i want to say like three make makeup characters in this movie you know i guess if you're not cl- including wolverine too like you, you got to put the sideburns on him so there's a bunch of makeup in this already i guess they didn't want to spend that minute spend that type of money uh like i said a lot of lot of great behind the scenes goodness in this in the, in 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 the production of this movie let because let's talk about casting people that were almost x-men let's talk about that people that were almost x-men uh let's start off with wolverine people that almost that were almost wolverine uh glenn danzig and russell crowe were up for the role of wolverine and uh both of them had to turn it down for uh, different reasons i think glenn danzig uh uh said it conflicted with his band danzig and uh, Russell Crowe just didn't want to do it. You know, like, he just didn't want to do it. He didn't want to be Wolverine. Uh, I guess because later that year, he would win an Oscar for Gladiator. So I guess he made the good choice. He made a, he made the best choice he could. Uh, so at first, before Hugh Jackman, I, uh, I believe he's a Scottish actor. A Scottish actor named Dougray Scott was cast as Wolverine. Uh, but he was actually forced to back out due to him filming uh, Mission Impossible 2 at the same time because he went on to be the villain in Mission Impossible 2. Uh, sucks to be you, dude, Gray. Sucks to be you. Because I was, because like I always look at Mission Impossible 2. Whenever I looked at Mission Impossible 2, I was like, I already knew this guy was supposed to be Wolverine. And I was like, dude, man, you fucked up, you know? <laughs> I was like, you could have been Wolverine. Man, that sucks. 
Uh, let's talk about some outrageous casting news. Uh, let's talk about some outrageous casting news right here. Uh, Michael Jackson. Yes, that Michael Jackson, the king of pop, was actively campaigning for the role of Professor Xavier. Of course, he got turned down. It, this is like him, because he's done this a lot. Because I think uh, before this, he was like trying to be Peter Pan. I think he was trying to be Peter Pan and Hook. And then they cast Robin Williams instead. You know, he finally got in the movie. He got to be in Men in Black 2. He played one of the Men in Black. Like, a, he had a cameo in Men in Black. So, that I guess that, that that that's all of Michael Jackson's acting experience. Speaking of people that were almost X-Men, uh, Jim Caviezel from Passion of the Christ was originally supposed to be Cyclops. Uh, but he also had to cancel due to uh, scheduling conflicts. To do the movie Frequency. Do you remember that movie? Do, does anybody here remember Frequency? You don't? You don't? Nobody remembers Frequency? Nobody here? Nobody? Nobody? Nobody remembers Frequency? Sorry. So, you got to be Jesus at least. He got to be Jesus. Uh, let's talk about the role of Storm. Uh, Storm is probably the Storm was probably the hardest role that they had to cast because it's it just really seems like nobody wanted to be Storm. <laughs> it seems like nobody wanted to be Storm. They um they uh I think Angela Bassett Angela Bassett was the front runner to be Storm, but I think she asked for too much money. She asked for too much money, and they were just like, mm, we don't want to deal with this. The other people that were considered for the role, <laughs> you think Halle, you think Halle Berry was bad. A lot of people don't like Halle Berry's portrayal of Storm, but this is who you could have had as Storm. The other two people that were considered to be Storm were Janet Jackson and Mariah Carey. <laughs> Janet Jackson. And Mariah Carey were up for the role of Storm. Makes you makes you appreciate Halle Berry now, doesn't it? Let's move let's move on from that. A uh, lot of young starlets were up for the role of Rogue. Uh, three of them were Drew Barrymore, Sarah Michelle Gellar, and Jennifer Love Hewitt. Eh, out of all of them, I think Sarah Michelle Gellar would have been the best. I think she would actually would have crushed the role of Rogue. I think she would have been a good Rogue. You know, better better than the role we got, but I digress. We'll get into that later. Uh, Lucy Lawless and Helen Hunt <laughs> were up for the role of Jean Grey, but they both turned it down. So, Jean, I, I can't really see either of them as Jean Grey. Helen Hunt's too happy, and uh, Lucy Lawless is too. She's just too like uh, like. She was on Xeno. I believe she was still on Xeno Warrior Princess at this time. You know, she's like, I, that's all I would see. I would just see Xena as Jean Grey. That's all I would see at, at, with that. Uh, Christopher Lee and Terrence Stamp were up for the role of Magneto. Any of them, I think, would have probably been a good Magneto also, but I'm, I'm good with Ian McKellen. Uh, but let's talk about, let's, let's, let's talk about this elephant in the room, though, dude. Let's talk about Brian Singer. Oh, boy, Brian Singer. How does Brian Singer still have a job in Hollywood? Just, what the fuck I want to know? How does this dude... I think he might have fucked himself, though, with uh, 
with the Bohemian Rhapsody because he was supposed to direct Bohemian Rhapsody and uh, he was just a problem. I believe they said he was just a problem on set. The same problem you're going to have here with X-Men because it turns out that everybody was talking about how Singer was late on the set of Bohemian Rhapsody and he just let him go. Uh, he did the same thing with X-Men. He was always late to the set and he was always they this is an accusation they said he was accused of giving teenage actors roles in state in exchange for sex i'm sure i don't know how many people know about this but i'm i don't know how many people know about this but brian singer is a alleged pedophile okay guys uh, brian singer is an alleged pedophile dude has directed Tons of tons of movies, including most of the X-Men franchise. But he also has this thing on thing on his head, a cloud over his head, about being an alleged pedophile. He likes they said that he likes to sleep with little boys. He likes to sleep with teenage boys. And I've always I've always talked about this. I've always talked about this. I was like whenever somebody gets accused of something you know and everybody when like you you go at and talk about michael jackson again you talk about michael jackson you know talking about him messing with little kids he's been acquitted uh you talk about um you talk about even though this motherfucker deserves it you talk about r kelly and his obsession with little girls you know like i believe that i believe that motherfucker did the shit i believe it uh you, you talk about uh People still hang the rape allegations over over Kobe Bryant's head, and he's dead, you know. Now, uh, nobody seems to talk about Brian Singer. Nobody talks about Brian Singer. Uh, we got Harvey Weinstein out of here, you know, because somebody just somebody decided to speak up about him. Uh, jury's out on Woody Allen, you know, but nobody talks about Brian Singer. Nobody talks about the fact that Brian Singer. I saw a documentary about pedophiles in Hollywood, I believe, uh, a while ago. And Brian Singer had a huge, he had a huge uh, part. Like, they talked about him, they talked about him for at least like 45 minutes, I want to (laughs) say. They talked about him for like 45 minutes in this documentary. It's like a bootleg documentary. You know, like, it's not like a big documentary that you're going to find somewhere. It was just something that I stumbled. Uh, it was just something that I stumbled upon, and I just watched it. You know, and it was a lot of it was like a lot of kids talking about how there's pedophiles in Hollywood, and there was like a kid that was talking about how he got. Um, I don't even want to talk about this, but like he got a sexual favor from his agent. Pretty much, his agent did a sexual favor for him, and he also did a sexual favor for his agent. But. Yeah, they were talking about how many pedophiles are in this are in this fucking industry, and Brian Singer was one of them. And he even had the kid. Anybody remembers that movie First Kid? If you do, uh, I don't know how you can tell me. Uh, I don't know, but I don't know how you can fucking tell me. But if anybody remembers that movie First Kid with Sinbad, the first kid, the kid that Sinbad is supposed to protect, he was also involved with like grooming little boys. He was involved with grooming little boys and grooming other teenage boys and bringing them to the house so Brian Singer could have sex with them. That's what he was doing. 
but nobody talks about him. And there was also a, another guy. He's actually an X-Men. I forgot his name right now, but like in the beach scene, the guy, because like there's a Stan Lee. This is like the first Stan Lee cameo, by the way. I hate to talk about it like this, but the first Stan Lee cameo, uh, there's a fat guy standing next to him with a hot dog. That guy's a convicted pedophile. He, that guy is a convicted pedophile. I believe he's worked for Nickelodeon before. I think even after he was a convicted pedophile, he got his job back at Nickelodeon. <laughs> you know, so there's that. Uh, but yeah, anyway, nobody talks about this shit. There's, I just wanted to talk about that because Brian Singer, because like, because nobody else will. Nobody talks about this shit. Uh, let's move on. Uh, we have to talk, like, we really have to, uh, talk about the importance of this movie. Uh, like it, like it or not, this movie is the grandfather of all modern superhero movies, you know, cause I really think, cause like, I, cause I really think there's like, uh, spots, you know, like, like moments in time. Uh, with superhero movies, because you got the first Superman in uh, 78. You got uh, Batman, the first Batman movie in 89. Uh, then I think it's this. Then a couple years later, I think Spider-Man kind of took it to another plateau, and then you got Iron Man in 2008. You know, so... Like, I really think like this is like the... I really think that this is like the grandfather, because like, without this... I think really think without this movie... Nobody would take like mainstream superheroes uh, seriously. The way they're done, the way they're shot now, and the way they're done now, nobody would uh, take uh, mainstream take a uh, superhero seriously in the mainstream. Is what I mean. Because there was like, because like, there's a lot of like super. Because like a lot of those other movies, like Superman has superpowers, but really, it was all Batman. You know, in the 90s, it was mostly Batman. Batman ain't got no superpowers, so it's cheap to do. Uh, Then you had, like, a whole bunch of, like, uh, off-brand superheroes, you know, like, from other independent comic book companies. Because, like, you had the Phantom, you had Tank Girl, you had Judge Dredd, you had the Shadow, (laughs) you know? (laughs) You know, you had, like, all those type of... uh, yeah, all those type of yeah, Spawn. Uh, Spawn happened. Uh, they did a Steel movie with Shaquille O'Neal, which needs to be shot. You know, just burn that with fire. It's fucking terrible. Uh, but yeah, but I think really think this is the step to where modern superhero movies are now. I know a lot of people are like, well, what about Blade? You know, what about Blade? Blade came out. Blade's a Marvel movie. Nobody knew. Nobody knew that Blade was a superhero. Okay. Wesley Snipes. Everybody thought. I think everybody thought this movie was just a fucking action movie. Nobody knew that Blade was a fucking superhero. They didn't know until after the fact. They were like, "Oh shit, Blade's a superhero." Okay, <laughs> you know. What I'm but yeah, uh, I like Blade. Love Blade. The first Blade is phenomenal. But really, X Men. X Men did it. X Men is the movie that uh, made people take superheroes seriously. Uh, even though. I have to admit, this isn't, this isn't my favorite superhero movie. You know, it's not my favorite superhero movie, but I can't deny the importance of this movie. I can't deny how groundbreaking this this movie is. You know, even though I hate the I hate I hate the X Men franchise. 
you know, like I, it's no secret for anybody that knows. I hate the X Men franchises. It, I think it's, I think that the X Men franchise is like the most sloppy superhero franchise ever. After X Men One, and maybe I'm not even gonna say because I'm gonna review X Men Two. I think later on in the summer, or later on, yeah, later on in the summer. So like, I'm not even gonna give my opinions on X Men Two yet, but. Most definitely X Men Three, you know, like, is where it kind of fucking starts. It's like this is this is the sloppiest fucking superhero franchise ever. Like mainly because the timelines all jumbled up. The the timeline is they jump from the fucking sixties to the seventies to the eighties, and then they're in the nineties, and then they're in the two thousands. You don't know because you don't know where you don't know where you are. In the X-Men franchise, you don't know what time frame the X-Men are in. At you don't you don't know where the fuck they are. You don't know who's who's the who are the real X-Men. That's the question because there's so much uh like there's so much shit going on, you know, in in their in their in their franchise. You know, like it's it's confusing. It's fucking confusing. So this movie was just a, a breath of fresh air because it's just a it's just a simple story of good versus evil, you know. Like the first the first X Men movie is uh probably the most superhero-y of all the X Men movies I want to say, you know it it was it was the best superhero movie at the time, you know at the time because this movie like re- this movie really captures a lot of the characters' personalities. You know, Patrick Stewart is phenomenal as uh, Professor X. Like, he he really embodies that character. He really embodies what Professor X is about. Uh, Ian McKellen is great as Magneto. He's, like, he's just menacing. He's got a menacing undertone to him. And just his arrogant righteousness that Magneto has. Uh, another person... I, a lot of people don't talk about this. A lot of people don't talk about this, but... James Marsden. James Marsden doesn't get enough credit for his portrayal of Cyclops, at least in the first movie. At least in the first movie. I think he's underrated in this movie as I watched the first X-Men movie. I know he gets bitched out in the rest of the in the rest of the franchise. He really gets bitched out because the movie the movies just become the fucking Wolverine show, which I hate. You know. Uh hopefully the MCU X-Men don't do that, but like they've done a good job with the Avengers. You know they've gonna they've done a great job with the Avengers of just making them a fucking team, and not making it just like one character's better than the other, and we're just gonna focus on this character. You know, <laughs> like no, they're like nah, they're a fucking team. We're gonna make sure that everybody gets to shine. But yeah, James Marsden doesn't get enough credit as Cyclops. Like I really think he's underrated. Like I think he really captures the uh, person, the personality of Cyclops in this, just like this, like real noble boy scout type character you know uh i think he's a i think he's a pretty good cyclops uh of course hugh jackman is great as wolverine what what else can i say about hugh jackman as wolverine you know it's it's gonna be like it's it's gonna be hard for the next guy (laughs) who gets this role you know that's all i can say like the next guy that plays wolverine the guy that plays wolverine in the mcu uh, he better bring his A game. He he's going to have to top Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. He's going to have to go over the top 
as Wolverine. You know, because Hugh Jackman already already said like he's not coming back. He like Logan was it for him. He said he's done. He's he's moved on to other things. But um, yeah, man, he's he's great. He's great as this character. You know, like this this is his breakout role. This is the role that made him a star. You know, so he's there's nothing. There's really nothing else I can say about the about his his portrayal of Wolverine. It's phenomenal. Uh. On the other hand, Anna Paquin, uh, Famke Jansen, and Halle Berry, I think they really fall short to me as uh, Rogue, Jean Grey, and Storm. Funny thing about Storm, Storm is in the entire movie. She's in the entire movie up to about, I think she comes, I want to say she comes in about maybe 20 minutes into the movie, 15, 20 minutes into the movie. She doesn't have her first line until 48 minutes into the movie. 48 minutes into the movie. That's how important she is. That's how important they 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 that's what they think of Storm. One of the most iconic fucking X-Men of all time. 48 minutes is when she says her first words. That's Storm. Uh Famke Jansen is just fucking wooden as Jean Grey she's I've always I've always thought her I've never been a fan of Jean Grey though you know so it's probably fitting because I've always found Jean Jean Grey to be an uninteresting character you know until she was like the Dark Phoenix when she was the Dark Phoenix when she was in uh uh when she was a when she was the Phoenix first she was the Phoenix first then she was the Dark Phoenix did she was the uh, Goblin Queen? Was it the Goblin Queen in the Hell in the Hellfire Club? You know, when, then she was in the Hellfire Club when she, I think she was the Goblin Queen. And like those, like the only, those are like the only. I haven't, I haven't been reading X Men as of late because I don't know, so I don't know what the fuck she's doing right now. So uh, you know, <laughs> I really haven't been reading. But those are like the most interesting parts of Jean Grey. You know, when she's doing all that shit. But when she's just Jean Grey or Marvel Girl, whatever you want to call her, uh, she's she she's not that interesting. She's really not that interesting. Uh, so maybe that's fitting. Maybe she, maybe Famke Jansen did do a good job as Jean Grey. I don't know. I've never liked the character. Uh, Anna Paquin just cries a lot. <laughs> that's what she does. Anna Paquin is just a big fucking crybaby in this movie uh, as Rogue. I really don't think she really fit the personality of Rogue. I think Sarah, if they had Sarah Michelle, if they had picked Sarah Michelle Geller, I think that she would have bodied this role. I think she would have been really good at this role. But we got Anna Paquin. That's what we got. Uh, the supporting villains are kind of lame too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the supporting villains are kind of fucking lame. Uh, other than Mystique, I haven't even talked about Mystique. Uh, she's okay, and we know how much they. Other than uh, other than uh, Wolverine, she's the most overrated fucking character in the X Men universe, you know. So I just throw that in there. But let's talk about the rest of these supporting characters. Like they they fucking they totally misuse Sabretooth in this movie. And like Sabretooth is totally misused. I like they don't even they don't even mention his history with Wolverine. Like they don't even talk about it. They don't even talk about the the, the the history with Wolverine. They don't talk about how they were in a goddamn Weapon X program together. Or none of that shit. 
and we're supposed to play along with this when Wolverine gets his movie, you know, like, like years later, like what, like nine years later when Wolverine gets his own movie and we're supposed to play along with this, like, oh yeah, him and Sabretooth have known each other for years. Actually, him and Sabretooth are brothers, you know, it was like, how come they did they, when they met each other in the first movie, they act like they didn't know each other, you know, <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. This is what the fuck I'm talking about with the X-Men franchise. They can never keep shit straight. They can never keep the story straight. But this movie, like, because, like, Wolverine and Sabretooth don't know each other here. They don't fucking know each other here. And Sabretooth is just relegating to just be just be dumb muscle. He's just the dumb henchman. You know, uh, Toad ain't no better. He's just a, he's just the fucking karate henchman dude he's because he's played by ray park ray park all he does is stunts you know so like and there really ain't nobody for him to fight in here you know because like the action in this movie is really mediocre really it's like i like it's not bad but it's not good there's no good fight scenes in this movie that make you go oh shit that was fire even the wolverine mystique fight i don't think is that good you know i don't even think them i don't even think that is a good fight scene you know it's it's okay but it's not the best fight scene uh but yeah overall overall i like the story that the movie tells i think it's i think it has a very cohesive story the last time you see that in an x-men movie uh you know, <laughs> probably, that's probably the only that's probably one of the only times you're gonna hear me say that with an x-men movie that it, it has a really cohesive story you know most of the acting is good. Like I said, Ian McKellen, uh, Patrick Stewart, Hugh Jackman, uh, Rebecca Moraine Stamos is okay. Uh, uh, um, Hugh Jackman, you know, is it James Mars? Did I say James Mars? Then James Mars? Then underrated. Uh, and it's the only X Men movie where the X Men are an actual team. So, so that's the last time you'll see that in an X Men movie. So, <laughs> also. Um, I give it a three out of five. It's not a great movie, but it's not a bad movie either. That's what, that's what I would give it a three out of five. Join me next week uh, on I Watch This as an Adult. I think I'm gonna stay with the uh, superhero. I think I'm gonna stay with the superhero motif. Uh, cause I got a movie up here that I was going to, uh, I know you hear all the paper. I was going to 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 hold off on, but I think I gotta talk about this movie. I really think I gotta talk about this movie. Um, I'm gonna stick with the I'm gonna stick with the superhero motif. I think. Uh, I'm gonna talk about 1995's Barbed Wire. Get ready for that one. Until next time, peace. <laughs>